Written requests, unspoken requests. Are we on, baby? On, We're on, baby. There it is. Wow. Both channels puffing loud. Wow, you it's really... It's 1 a.m. Sunday uh, night. Oh, God. Unspoken requests, episode number 51, baby. We're back. Hold hold the phone, what, Jared. Mike? We're I, on the radio. I it's love exciting. it. exciting. I'm super excited, and I'm loving it, but... I just want everyone to know that you just went from zero to sixty in uh, in about two seconds. You, I said, okay, are you ready to go on? And you started screaming before I even had the mic turned up. You were just like amped. That's I just At, from going from being completely sedentary and basically ignoring me and just sitting there in silence to just boom. Entertainers like us when the, when the red lights on. Uh, you're a professional, is what I'm trying to say. And, you and do, when I and start drinking this it. diet energy drink, <laughs> diet energy. that's all it takes. The red light to come on. Is the, that the on-air recording sign to start flashing? Does that give you the energy to keep up with your diet? Is that the idea? The diet energy drink? Yeah, yeah. You gives know, you diet energy. Sure. <laughs> all right. Uh, I feel like we've really entered 51. We're like. We're yeah. entering the new era. It's like, it's like yeah. part part two, chapter I feel two. Like the first fifty episodes, we were just getting our stride. <laughs> now, you know? yeah, oh and yeah. Now, you know, we're popping off now. Sure, exactly. Mike, how you been? How's your how's your two week been? I would say how you, how's your week been? But since we do this every two weeks, we don't see each other in how the your, How have your last fourteen days on Earth been? Uh, good. They've been good. I don't remember anything I've done or what I what's happened to me since I last saw you. But I'm I think surely I've been fine. You seem fine. Good. I think you played a show or two. I did a show or two. Probably just one or two. <laughs> I don't know. I did get to play the uh, Amy O album release show down at the Famous Blockhouse. Oh. On Saturday. I did not attend. I know. I, I believe me. I was out of state. There was a there was a yawning void. There was a big, a deafening silence where you would usually be standing right in the front row. Where I'd usually be, usually be yawning. <laughs> That's the yawning void. <laughs> when you come on. Yeah, I get it. Because your music's boring. Such abuse, man. <laughs> Speaking of boring music, you were out of state for what reason? <laughs> I went to a live rock and roll show. We saw... King. Uh, do we have effects? I think so. Let's try this. King, King Diamond. King of all diamonds. Yeah. That's it was cool. great. Between songs sometimes, there were just a, a, a King chant would erupt. Really? Yeah. King. 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 It was actually more like King. 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 But with thousands of people chanting King. That's cool. Thousands? And, How many people were there? Uh, it was at the Palace Theater, which was a beautiful historic theater, you know, with like, uh, you know, ornate statues and everything and birds and stars. And it's from like probably thousands of years old. That's from thousands that's of people uh, there. It was probably created thousands of years ago. That's from Louisville, Kentucky. It was a beautiful historic theater. That's you, cool. I had been there one time before to see Van Dyke Parks. Oh. This is a much different show. <laughs> I was much say, diff- that's much a different pretty, crowd. That's a pretty cool uh, 
it's it's worth dynamic. Going, it's worth going to a King Diamond show just uh, to ex- experience oh. the crowd. You know, I was intending to go, except for I got Good my folks. dates mixed up and had That's to play right. that show. But I was planning to be there with you. Your ticket was used by Good. my wife. Good. I'm glad because I was I was disappointed in myself for yeah. making a flub and not being able to go. Uh, our seats were great. Comfortable. That's good. Real soft. Uh, there was a, you know, all the seats are soft, but all the <laughs> seats are like next to each other, you know? Yeah. Except mine, the two seats in front of mine, there was a gap on the left side. Whoa. About this big. So you can stretch uh, your Listeners, feet you can see, uh, pretend, pretend I'm I'd holding my hands. About the length of a salmon is what I'd yeah. say. Yeah. More like the length for me to cross my legs comfortably. Perfect. During the first two bands, which we were seated for. Yeah. Of course, for King Diamond, everyone was on their feet. Yeah. You know. Levitating about two inches off the ground. For a senior citizen, his voice. My favorite. So good. My favorite King Diamond claim is he claims to have uh, been recording vocals one time. He says he did a take. And then he sang it a second time, did a second take of the same vocal but sang it perfectly out of phase with his previous take and that they canceled each other out because that's how precise he is. I love it. I really like that claim. <laughs> it's just impossible. It's ridiculous. It. His wife sings with him now. Oh, they duet. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So they're like Mitch and Mickey. She is up on this platform, up these like uh, creepy stairs they have. So, you know, it's, it's a huge, you know, it's yeah. a nice elaborate it's heavy stage. Metal. It's supposed to look like an old like mental institution or something, oh, you know. Okay. Anyway, she's up at the top of the stairs singing along, um, and their voices go together perfectly. They, uh, I was expecting him to play some Merciful Fate songs. He didn't. Did, didn't. Wow, that's surprising. Yeah, I would have expected that. They're doing some Merciful Fate shows next year in Got it. Uh, Europe. So but he's just he's yeah. making people salivate. But even without him. all that, you know, there was no encore, which was I kind of appreciated. Yeah, you I, know? I, I it's like, like that. Just, uh, just do the job. You know. Uh, King Diamond. Yeah, we. Um, Where's he from? I want to say Denmark. Uh, I think that's right. If not something like Denmark, he's Denmarkish. Um, yeah. We stayed in the Seelbach Hotel, Seelbach. built in 1904, I believe. God, you went to all these old haunted places. That place was haunted. In the hotel uh, TV station, there's like. Uh, an informational channel. It's like a loop of this 20-minute yeah. show mm-hmm. of the, the concierge uh, telling you about the hauntings and the people who've stayed there. And, Whoa. Uh, there's a really neat uh, Skeller in the bo- in the bottom. What's that mean? We were trying to figure that out. We never looked it up, what, like what the name Skeller is. You yeah. Know? Rat cellar is what I'm rat imagining. Skeller. It's like a cellar full of rats. I watched Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade way. with my son yesterday, and they go oh. into a cellar full of rats. There you go. Yeah. Let's go. They, 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 I think they say that in the movie. All right. We need to find the archaeology. Let's go down to the rat cellar. <laughs> this place had on the seventh floor, the haunted seventh floor. Oh. You know where you would normally find ice in the vending machine? Uh, I think I do. There was a cooler full of Coca-Cola Classic, Diet Coke, Sprite, bottles of water, all free for the taking. Any 24 hours a day. Gosh. That yeah. is haunted. Yeah. It was really nice. Uh, you were talking about soft seats. Yeah. A cold, cold cots. 
at the theater. <laughs> I, uh, speaking of the cold cut story, which you recognize, fr- listeners, from, from previous episode. <laughs> I, I, for the first time, did a, uh, uh, I looked at Blo- the Bloomington Reddit page. Yeah. And someone was asking, what is the best place to take a BM downtown? Yeah. And it was all these places. And it mentions the hotel. And one of the users mentions, yeah, you got to go to the hotel. And while you're there, have them give you a cold cut. <laughs> so I like to think that's an actual stranger yeah. listener who's picked up on that's cold good. cut. Yeah. And... Uh, they're using it. Well, it's funny because I was, you know, I initially I was like, you mentioned soft seats, and I was going to segue, and then you've just mentioned a BM, which is an even better segue into what I wanted to gripe about. Oh dear. My children watch television for fun. You let them watch television occasionally, uh-huh. not in the mornings before school. That's okay. outlawed. Okay. Uh, but I let them watch occasionally, unsupervised mostly. Oh, okay. I don't want to see that stuff. You know, they, if they're going to do it, I'd rather them do it in my house, but I don't want to see it. Sure. Instead of out in the world. Yeah, you know, got it. Unsafe. Uh, the television, which we use, um, excuse me, we use like the streaming services. Sure. You got your Hulu. I walked over here one day and Mike was literally cutting his cable cords. Yeah. Chopping them. I, I had was a, like, Mike, I had a Mike, Mike, Mike. That's just a uh, figure of speech for people who call the company <laughs> and say, "Cancel my cable, please." Yeah. But Mike thought you actually had to cut the cable cords. Well, which is no, I was. Adorable. I steal my cable from my neighbor, and so oh, I literally had his. Okay, I had to cut mine in order for it to make any sense. Okay. Uh, anyway, what were they watching? Uh, you know, HBO, Cinemax. Oh. No, I. Uh, they were. You know, I don't know what they were watching. Some kids show. You know, probably my son's into these Korean shows. They're messed up. But uh, here's my problem. On Hulu, which I pay for, mind sure, you. Sure, Or someone does. They play commercials between the shows or during the shows. Yeah. It's fine. Okay, fine. Advertisements, whatever. They play on television where kids can see. They play toilet tissue ads. Willy nilly. You know, back in the fifties, you we weren't even allowed to say toilet on the air. I know. There's that Mamas and the Papas record. If you can believe your eyes and ears, uh, yeah. that has a toilet on the cover, oh, and they famously right. had to put a sticker over it because the public couldn't even handle it because it had a <laughs> toilet because they were in a bathroom in a tub for the photo. But can you believe that these children are subjected to toilet tissue ads? In the middle of their programs. And my son says, can we get that kind of toilet paper? Really? Yes. It's, it's, they're, so they're working. And they're like cute. Are you serious? The kid, he really asked for the specific kind of toilet paper? Immediately after the commercial. Because like, I would can think. we get that kind of toilet paper? I would paper? think. When you said that, I was like, these toilet paper companies are just throwing their. Yeah. Advertising no, dollars down the toilet because like, kids know, aren't gonna. No, but you don't seen, buy toilet paper and right, they're not gonna ask for toilet right. paper. But it turns out I, I think wrong. we need to start a lobby because you remember when Camel cigarettes had Joe Camel of and course. they would advertise to kids with a cartoon of to course. sell cigarettes. The toilet paper companies are doing the same thing. Big toilet paper. They have these cartoon bears and they are big. They're double big <laughs> toilet papers, <laughs> and they sell them to children Ugh. with these cartoons talking about bathroom stuff. Speaking of bathroom stuff. Actually, not speaking of bathroom stuff. <laughs> hey, we have a guest. We have two guests. Oh. 
Our first guest coming up is uh-huh. Perry Shaw. Great. And you might know him as... I know Perry. I was introduced to Perry when I saw a short documentary about his t-shirt collection on the internet years ago. I think that... I th- I, I, I knew of him from from calling into the best show, actually. Oh, okay. But uh, the first thing I knew that he did outside of calling into the best <laughs> show, I think, was his fabulous t-shirt collection. Yeah. He's also a great rock musician. Um... We're going to talk to him about his new record and his t-shirts and more. Uh, Is that all right with you, Mike? (laughs) I guess that's fine. Great. We can talk about more stuff later. Okay, good. Thank goodness. Thank God. Uh, But right now, we're going to hear the worldwide debut, as far as I know, (laughs) of Freak on the Street. Freak on the Street from from his new band's new record coming out next month. The album is called... Wildflowers of America. That's the band. And oh, I can't see the album the title. The album title is... Lost in the Salvation Army. That's right, Daddy. All right, here's Wildflowers of America on Unspoken Requests with Jared and Mike. Of America here on Unspoken Requests. Mike, 
Yes? Let's call that guy up on the air. Get him on the air. What do you think say? That's a great idea. All right. Hopefully this works. We'll get him on the unspoken request yeah, phone. Let's hope this works. We're dialing right now. Is the volume up on your telephone? Oh, yeah. Oh, I can Always. hear it. Always. Hello? Hello. Is this Perry Shaw? This is, this is him. Welcome to Unspoken Requests with Jared and Mike. I'm Jared. Hi, Perry. I'm Mike. Hi, Mike. Thanks for calling well, us. Hi, Jared, too. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's that? He didn't say hi to you uh, first, just me. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, I'm used to it. I, I skipped you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can you hear both of us okay? Yeah, I hear music. Oh, how's it? Is, um, it, is that better? Oh, he can hear the music? Not now. I hear the music more than most. Uh, I hear the music the most. I, oh. didn't, I didn't know our callers could hear the music. How about now? It's a good song. I mean, I like oh, the song. Thanks, man. There should be no music now for you. <laughs> Is there music now, Perry? It's oh, it's it's a lot of music. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. How about now? What about now? Oh man, there's no music now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no music. <laughs> All right. I mean, I guess it's good for what we want to do, but well, uh, we just want you. <laughs> we don't want there to be too music, too much music for you. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, whatever is happening now is pretty good. Okay, cool. I think can we just adjust his music levels and our and do this for like the next hour? <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> Learning how to use this machine yeah. while we're live it's on our, the air. It's the it's our first. It's our oh wait, it's our fifty first show. We were talking. Oh, about, wow, we were talking about how we, uh, you know, we've, uh, you know, took the first fifty episodes to figure things out, <laughs> and now we're we're, yeah, we're uh, sailing. But I guess I was wrong. I guess we need to do another fifty and work out the kinks here. <laughs> well, if if for some reason I'm I'm going on too long, you just turn the music up and just <laughs> drown me out for a little bit. Yeah, and we'll play you off like yeah. one of those digital <laughs> yeah. uh, digital giant uh, wooden hooks and uh, take you off the stage. <laughs> yeah. It'll be like at the award shows when the people go on, they start playing the music. Oh, yeah. To give them a, a do like the uh, orchestral version. to wrap it up. Do you like the uh, orchestral version of uh, Freak on the Street by the orchestra there? <laughs> yeah. Oh, which, uh, which we just played. I don't know if you, you didn't hear that because you weren't uh, on the line yet, but we just heard uh, Freak on the Street from your new album. Oh, cool. Wildflowers of America. Uh, can we go ahead and talk about that real quick? Yeah, sure. Real well, quick. Did, Real was, quick. Was the song okay? Did you like the song? Oh, I, it I was a great, it was great song. Yeah. The listeners loved it as far as oh, cool. we know. Uh, Good. No, no complaints, <laughs> no cards or letters uh, telling us to not play that again. That's for sure. Good. I was just no, calling to, to check in and make sure that I didn't hate it. Uh, thanks yeah. for the interview. <laughs> I'll talk to you. <laughs> what if I'm so insecure? Okay, this, I say what if. It's not true. If I like called into radio shows after they played my song, like, hey, just calling in to see if you like that song. <laughs> just, just making sure just everything's cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just calling in to uh, to uh, uh, hog up the line. That way, if someone was calling to complain about it, they can't get to you, and you'll never even know. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, it's like I know you played the song. So for some reason, I'm still confused if you liked it, despite the fact that you played it on the air. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, DJs always play 
uh, when they have a choice, they always play stuff they, d- they don't like. Well, you it's know? payola. I, I got it. They're dealing with payola, <laughs> yeah. those guys. Well, and, yeah, I guess on those on the big stations, yeah. they are. I've uh, I've become friends with like a couple of DJs who who work for like big radio stations and stuff, and I I always have to ask them like, look. You can tell me. Do you really like when you have to play Nickelback or something? Like, I know they're like the obvious ones to make fun of. I feel right. stupid even saying that. But like, you know, there's so many bands. Like, I'll say they'll be like, there's radio stations here that play like the new single from Disturbed or something. It's yeah. like, I, I I know that you you probably don't love doing that. Do you have to like pretend to? And they're just like, I just don't say anything extra. You know, <laughs> yeah, that was disturbed. Like, yeah, yeah. Next, next, next song. <laughs> anyway, sorry about that. That's how we. <laughs> I mean, you're on the show, so we did the kindness of playing your song. But typically, we at least get a check or a like a well concealed cash. In the yeah, mail. yeah, yeah. We just don't talk about it on the air. No yeah, more. we don't want to get anybody <laughs> in trouble. Uh, all right, Mike and Perry. Speaking of radio stations, what's your favorite uh, 1970s radio station? Movie or TV? Uh, uh, do you like the uh, the movie FM? You guys ever seen the movie FM? Uh uh-uh. uh. Have you seen that? Movie I've never period? seen that. No. Oh, really? You guys gotta watch FM. Okay, let's put it on right it's, now. Uh, there's the the Steely Dan song FM. Uh, okay. Is from the soundtrack. <laughs> cool. Uh, it's about a, a radio station in the '70s that's like being uh, uh, bought out by the man. Uh, you know, like what's happening. Like U62. Sure, exactly. Um, and, I'm writing uh, it down. The dad Two from, letters. I'm the, writing this. <laughs> the dad from Webster has a show, uh, uh, you know, a radio show on there. Martin Mole uh, is one of the okay. DJs. Uh, but it's a weird movie because in the middle of the movie, there's like a promotional uh, – con- there's a concert that the radio, sh- radio uh, station is like a part of or whatever. In the middle of the movie, they just play like four live Jimmy Buffett songs and R- Linda Ronstadt songs in a row there's like this little mini concert in the middle of this movie that just goes back to the oh weird maybe not four but it's like a long concert scene anyway two would be long you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. right yeah it was the uh, second uh, DVD I ever purchased <laughs> oh wow I don't know why I felt like talking about FM all this all this time but <laughs> you well, guys gotta you, see FM well, so the question was a favorite um, radio movie or TV show yeah so, does Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 count as a radio movie? Oh, I don't know. I've never seen it. Oh, my Lord. Do yourself a favor. I guess I need it, to watch that. You watch FM, takes, I'll watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Oh, I, 100%. I guess the, the final answer is UHF. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a TV show, I guess. That's the one uh, Or TV station, but, I mean... Well, there's also that, WKRP, yeah. and they have the best theme song. Yeah. I totally. Like, I mean, great show. Yeah. WKRP and FM, I feel like, were probably around the same area. I don't know. if Maybe one was in response to the other. Who knows? Could be. Anyway, this new album you have coming out, what's the official release date of it, Perry? Oh, uh, so it, it'll be out officially on December 6th, um, which it kind of came up really quickly. Um, so I didn't have time to plan an, an actual record release show because I got immediately overwhelmed by like, oh, that's just in like a month or maybe it was two months when I found out. So it'll be out on that date. It'll be available streaming on that date. 
all that good stuff. We'll have copies of the record. It's already up for pre-order, um, all that stuff, but still have to set a date for a show. I've heard two songs from it now. I think it's great. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. Um, it was something that, like, in some weird way, I've been wanting to do for, like, probably 15 years, but it just... I the songs didn't come out of me until the time was right. I don't know how to explain it. What do you it mean? Was weird. Uh, you just mean you've been wanting to make a record for that long, or a record like this one, or what? What do you mean specifically? Yeah, uh, a, a record like that one. Like there was kind of it ended up being a huge combination of all the right things happening at the right time with the right people um, for this to happen. And cool. so, like, I started writing these songs in 2014. Um, I, it was I, my friend sold me an amp that I didn't know I wanted, <laughs> and he was like, "Hey, you know, I'm trying to make room, and I don't play this amp anymore, and you know, I'll sell it to you for like seventy five bucks. I'll bring it to your house. Um, if you don't like it, you know, I'll take it back. Whatever." So I was like, "Oh, for seventy five bucks, I don't know. That's probably decent enough." And then I plugged it in, and I started writing all these songs. Cool. It was just like, I mean, I'm sure, um, I'm. I don't know, Jared, much about like if if you are a musician or not. Uh, do I, should I know that? I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't know how to play anything, but <laughs> right. that, that hasn't stopped me from weaseling my way into two different bands that uh, <laughs> went with my friends. Um, That's awesome. So, yeah. But I, I'm sure I'm <laughs> sure Mike knows that like if you have the right amp or or instrument itself, for some reason. It, it, sometimes it only takes that to be able yeah. to write something that you you couldn't really articulate before. Right before it's, we got you on, I played a John Davis song, a guy who I'm a big fan of. And sometimes on uh, Instagram or whatever, he'll post a photo of a new like guitar he's bought, and he'll say, "These things come preloaded with songs because he'll buy a piece of gear." Wow! Just yeah, I really like that idea. Oh my! Yeah, that's that's incredible. Yeah. That is so. That's exactly what happened. I bought. I got this amp from my friend thinking this is not something I would normally want at all. And um, it's it, it's a PV tube combo amp from like, I guess the 80s. And it was in an amazing condition. And I was like, I don't think this is an amp I would like. And then I started writing these songs after wanting to do this band in some form for for, at that point, probably at least five years or so. And then... Um, and then we, I put together a band, and we played two shows in Philly in 2014, and then everybody got busy, and we stopped. And then in 2018, I called up my friend Amos, who's in the band Tenement, and he's in a band called Dusk. And um, I've known him since 2007, and he is my like, you know, one, my top five favorite musicians, songwriters, ever. And um, we've been friends for so long. And I always try to, how do I weasel my way into playing music with this guy so <laughs> yeah. so I can play like, you know, he, I just feel like I'd be boosted by his skill level or something. And so I called him up and was like, hey, remember that record I wanted to record with you like years ago? I'm ready to do it. I have money to fly out. I'll just come to you. He has a recording studio. I said, I'm not going to bring anything. I'm going to use all your equipment. You record the songs, you play whatever instruments you want on them, and we'll make a record. And so he produced it, engineered, he 
mixed it. He played drums, bass, lead guitars on most of it, um, backup vocal. Like he did most of wow, it. Wow! <laughs> yeah, that sounds but like he a super really fun just, way to do it. Yeah, it was it was incredible because it was like, hey, here's the song the way I have it. If you think that anything should be changed, we'll do it. If not, let's record it. And um, we just we knocked it out and. Anytime I was hesitant about a part or an idea, he, he had an idea already in his head. Like, he just hears it. Cool. And um, I knew that he was the only one on all the instruments, pretty much, um, that could really see what I was trying to do. Yeah. Because um, he knows me so well, too. He knows what I'm going for. I just don't know how to make it happen exactly. Yeah, I uh, I was thinking about that when I was listening to the single the other day, and then this one just now, trying to put my finger on like what kind of music it is exactly, because there's like, you know, there's elements of just like rock and punk, but then just also take into account the aesthetic from the video, and then I really love the album cover and the title. I feel like it's all kind of its own thing. Thank uh, you so yeah, much. I it, it really I, I'm excited to hear the rest of it because everything about it sort of is. Speak of my language. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. That's very cool. It, it, it was definitely... When I do a band in, in general, I really try to make it a good combination of all the things that I really care about, with with rock music at least, and yeah. um, and try to make it more natural to, to my influences as a whole instead of, okay, I want to write this record that sounds like the nerves or something yeah. like I'm going to be I want to start this band and we're going to sound like Elvis Costello or something like I love all that stuff so much but I I'm not Elvis Costello I'm not the nerves so I don't want to write songs that sound exactly like them I want it to be like cool that's what I was listening to at the time maybe that's why this drum fill is like that or yeah. something like that you know I was but excited to hear whole, I, yeah. I first saw you share a link on Twitter to it and uh, I saw the album cover before I heard anything and I actually explicitly had the thought of like just because I you know I, I follow you on the internet and I know what you're like and what you like and I, we have some crossover in our taste and whatnot but I saw the cover and it was just like I don't know what this is going to sound like but if the sound of it is informed at all by the album cover I'm sure that I'm going to like it uh, that oh, was the, the experience that I had and it, and it, it was true <laughs> That makes me so happy because I spent so, you know, I do, I do all my own design work too, so I spend so much time, is this right, is this like really good enough and all this stuff, and when I finally came to that version, I was just like, oh my god, this, to me the photograph, uh, my friend Troy took it, my, um, who is a great photographer in Philly, and the photograph just looks to me like the most natural photo of myself. <laughs> I, w I, was, I said, we're going to go to the thrift store that I grew up going to when I was a kid. The first thrift store I really like started started heavily shopping at all the time. And I'm just going to be in there and you can get me in my natural environment <laughs> looking for t-shirts. And I looked up, they took the picture and it was like, this is me. <laughs> I, yeah, I think that comes through for sure. Yeah. How, how often do you oh, go to a thrift awesome. store these days? So, 
I'm in the middle of like I I, I moved my um, art studio recently, so it's kind of consuming my whole life getting it set up. And um, but my normal routine was for a while I would probably go like three times a week to different stores. At my old studio, there was a Salvation Army store on the way to my studio, so it was kind of hard to not go. Oh sure, a lot. But um. I mean, I'm constantly going to estate sales and flea markets and drug stores. It's, I kind of don't even think about how often I go because it's just like part of my routine at this point. And you're in Philadelphia. I don't think we mentioned that. Maybe we did. But for the oh, yeah, time, yeah. You're in Philly, right? Forever. For, for the, <laughs> from, from the birth till death, yeah. <laughs> and so speaking of T-shirts, let's talk about that. How many T-shirts? You have okay. an extensive T-shirt collection. How long would you say you've been collecting t-shirts? Okay, one of you have to be better at math than I am. Uh, I'm 34 years old. I started when I was 12, maybe 11 or 12. So yeah, 20, um, 20, th- 20, that long. 22 years, right? Yeah, to yeah. the point where like when I, I remember going to the thrift store one day, that the same one I was just talking about, and I was thinking... I've been coming to this store longer than any single employee has ever worked here. <laughs> like, I put in more time. I mean, not really, but I've had more years of coming here than, than maybe they have. It's like, like, pretty funny. Like if, a, like, if a 22-year-old walked in, you could be like, I may have been, I may have been looking at shirts like the day you were born, just down the road. Yeah, I, I could have been here looking, you know, passing up. T-shirts I would regret in 20 years passing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I feel like we're underselling your T-shirt collection a little bit, uh, just because Jared and I both <laughs> oh. know what you're up to, but people who listen to the show may not. So, what? How do you tell people about it, Perry? Okay, so I, I think of myself, and maybe this is uh, too highly of myself, but in the in the sense, but I think of myself as like an archivist. Of is that how you pronounce that word? Yeah, sure. um, yeah. And an archivist of of t-shirts because I try to a lot of t-shirts I collect. I try to collect things that people will say, "Wow, I can't believe they even made one of those." And because I know that they would have made one of those, whatever that is, um, that's why I have to collect it because I want people to know that these things exist and that these things can live forever through people collecting or wearing specifically me collecting or wearing these t-shirts because I can't tell you how many times I've had people come up to me and say, Oh my God, I haven't thought about that place. You know, since I was a kid, like a restaurant in Philly, I collect a lot of Philadelphia shirts specifically too. And, um, I have over 200 just Philadelphia shirts and, uh, probably close to 250 at this point. And, um, so you know, I have shirts that have old restaurants that have been closed down for 30 years um, or music venues or bands from Philly that haven't been around in, you know, 30 years. And um, so I, I kind of think of it as like really uh, an archive. I don't, I don't know how else to put it. So I think that's at least how I eventually started justifying it was like, <laughs> I need to have these because if not, they'll be lost in time forever and nobody will know this thing existed. But in reality, it's just, I, I just cared about it since I was a kid. I just thought it was the most interesting form of advertising, really, for whatever it is. 
Yeah, because it's like it's not like people were taking pictures of those shirts, you know, thirty years ago for you know for posterity's sake. It's like the only way to, you know, know what they looked like and what 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 they were is to you know find them in the thrift shop and hold on to them until. Totally. Know, yeah. Well, and then there's you know another thing I I end up doing is I'll find old photos. Um, a lot of times and I see somebody, the first thing I notice is like what t-shirt they're wearing. <laughs> so I'll see something and I'll say, oh my goodness, I've never seen that shirt before. I have to kind of crack one down. And a lot of times I can. And it's why I have like two of these, I have this Pet Boys shirt and now I have two of the same one, but because the Ramones used to wear this Pet Boys shirt. <laughs> and so I, I had to have one because I thought, well, if the Ramones had one, I, I better get one. I and Pet Boys is a a Philly company. I saw your uh, Forest Hills High t-shirt on the internet today as well, speaking of the Ramones. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of weird <laughs> stuff that I think about that I think, oh, has anybody had one of these for sale? And then I think, well, they exist. They had to wear them to school. I, I will find one eventually. And sure enough, somebody else had the same thought and they were getting rid of one and we did a trade and I got one yesterday or, you know, Saturday. So you mentioned having like Philly specific shirts. Do you have your archive organized in a particular way so you you know where uh, what you know how how they're categorized? You know where something is based on that, or how do you keep track of it all? Yeah, the short answer is is yes, I do have. So I have a wall for people who don't know anything about me. Um, congratulations, and I'm sorry for the next. <laughs> part of this conversation i have um a sh- shelves built into my wall at my house um which is not my house uh at all it's, i rent it for my friends <laughs> so um maybe i would suggest to people don't spend a bunch of money to get a wall of shelves built at your friend's house but anyway i did and um so my entire wall one wall of my room is for my t-shirts and my records and um everything is organized or the t-shirts are organized by like, so one section is maybe TV and movies. One section is like metal bands. One is like punk or like punk adjacent bands. And then I have like comedy shirts and um, local stuff, like I said. And then I have, I mean, there's, I I wouldn't even know where I'm already losing track of what else I have. There's so many. (laughs) Do you know? A, you know, you a, get a shirt and you say, "Where does this fit?" And yeah. then you're like, "Well, maybe I have a new category. Oh, I should move this shirt over into this category then too." And then it's a mess. Do you have a, any kind of ballpark number of the total? Oh, so um, I'm gonna first tell you that it's probably about two thousand at this point. Okay. And um, but I will also tell you why I don't know. This is a terrible story. Uh, I'm gonna give you. Uh, try to give you the quick version my house got bed bugs last year not my room i never got them in my room and this is the second time i've been in a house that had them and i never got them i never got them but it's not good enough if you don't get them you still have to treat everything like you got them yep so last time i had it or the first time i had it i had to dry all of my clothes, all of my t-shirts. I spent like a week at the laundromat. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and because if you heat the, if you heat them to a certain de- degree, um, 
it kills any bugs that might be on the clothes. And again, I I never even saw a bug at my house. Yeah. But other pe- other people had found them. And we got the treatment over and over again. But eventually, at first the exterminator said, the guy with the t-shirts should be okay. They're all elevated. They're not in his room. Don't worry about it. After a couple months, we found out they were coming in from the house next door. Uh. And those neighbors moved out. And then the bugs didn't know where to go. So it was just dragged out for months yeah. and months. Literally to, to a year. Oh. So at some point... Yeah, at some point I moved all my shirts that were um, that had potential of getting bed bugs, which again they they never did. But my dad retired and offered to dry them all at his house, so I showed up to his house with over forty trash bags filled with t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Dad, I don't think you understand what you're getting into. I'm gonna just pay a laundromat. They're gonna fold all the for me like I don't want you to have to worry about this he's like I'm retired what else do I got going on <laughs> I'll do it no problem and like you know it's so sweet of him to offer and then next thing you know he's like hey my guest room is filled with your t-shirts and I went in there, <laughs> I went in there. there was stacks it, it, it looked like I, like Uncle Scrooge's um, pile of chink coins. Yeah. Like where you just like, there might be a, a, a person under there. It was just piles and piles of t-shirts. And they're still at his house right now because I know I'm going to archive all of them actually. So I'm going to start to um, photograph every single one and try to work on like a book or something. Oh, great. Cool. Because it's not something I thought highly enough of myself that people would be interested in, but um, I know a lot of people who have worked on stuff like that before who are like, no, no, this will be great for a book. Yeah. So I'd certainly be interested in I'm, seeing something like that. I feel like I've seen a book that was like that, but uh, was a little disappointing. You know what I mean? Like, well, uh, yeah, like I feel like yours... Uh, sh- yeah, I think you should definitely do that. Well, so there's a lot of great books um, that have cool shirts for me to actually see, it's like fun for me, but at the same time, usually it's like, okay, this is a vintage clothing store who sells these t-shirts for $300. Yeah. They can afford to buy these expensive t-shirts. Like, I don't, my my limit I spend on t-shirts, if it's like the best shirt in the world, I'll spend 40 bucks on Whoa, it. Whoa, that's cool. You have a self-imposed like cap. Yeah, and there's been like maybe less than five times where I spent more than that um but even then more than that is 10 bucks more than that yeah. so um yeah i because i've been doing it for so long it's like well i only can find stuff for cheap if i wait and there's never <laughs> a life or death situation <laughs> that i need a certain t-shirt so badly i need to spend that much money on it perry, so perry i bought a vintage t-shirt on ebay.com uh two weeks ago and uh, can I ask you if I paid too much for it? Oh, Thanks. this is a fun game show that would work for nobody but just now this one question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I purchased a um, – it was a commemorative box uh, of campaign materials for Jimmy Carter. Uh, 
including a couple pins, uh, glossies, a little pamphlet with information, um, bumper stickers, buttons, and I got it specifically uh, because it had a, a Peanut Power '76 T-shirt inside. I, I was wait. I was waiting for the peanut. I knew it. Was <laughs> Are you coming. familiar with this shirt? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's one of those things where it's like I buy stuff like that too because it's not always because I like the the person. Like I have a Nixon shirt that is crazy because it exists. I had to have it, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, but the peanut thing is so classic because, I mean, now I guess we have like the orange is the president, but not in a, in a not in an endearing way. Yeah, it's, um, not, it's not like he, uh, you know, grew oranges. Right. <laughs> and the peanut thing is just like such a beautiful, great, ongoing, fun thing um, for him. And so, like, I love that 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 somebody thought of that and it became such a huge thing to like for, for marketing purposes, you know? Yeah. So I spent on this commemorative box, including the t-shirt buttons, stickers, which I think I, I might put one of these bumper stickers on my car. It's a nice looking Carter Mondale bumper <laughs> sticker. If it, I haven't checked, it might That's still awesome. stick. Anyway, uh, I spent $20. Was that too much? <laughs> $20? That's not bad, right? No, that's great. That's Cause like here's, how I, here's how I think of it. Sometimes I've, I've bought like a couple shirts from one person and individually they're too much money. But if you split up individual, like between everything, how much you would have paid per item, you're like, Oh, that's my limit anyway. Like for me at least. So 20 bucks for all of that. It's like that bumper sticker alone could probably sell for 20 to the right person. All right. All right. I won the game. Perry, let me me ask you this. Uh, Jared and I are kind of buddies with the, the everything is terrible guys. I don't know if you know them. Uh, yeah, I know Dimitri. Oh, well, great. Actually, I, know, I, I guess I know a couple of them. They've slept at my house before. Oh, me too. Great. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, so, you know, they're doing the Jerry Maguire pyramid thing. They're, they've, you know, they've been collecting Jerry Maguire tapes for 10 years or more, 12 years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you sound so enthusiastic still about T-shirts. When I talk to those guys lately about Jerry Maguire tapes, they're just like, my God, why did we do this to ourselves? You know, and they're... Oh, my, they're, really? They're definitely still actively doing it and like committed to it but it has become like a grumble and i wonder if you've ever had a moment like that with your t-shirts where it's just like what am i doing to myself or is it always just like this is me i love it i i gotta tell you i've got bed bugs twice and i'm still like uh, overly cool like <laughs> i might have tried to make up for lost time while i was dealing with the bed bugs because i bought like multiple collections over the time that I got the bed bugs, which is like, hey, you don't have many places to really store this stuff. You probably shouldn't keep getting it. And like, oh, cool. I'll buy 200 from this lady. And I'll buy, I mean, I literally bought hundreds of Rush t-shirts from this person. And I would say at least half of them are the same shirt. No, more than half of them are the same shirt. Uh, wait, wait, which which shirt? What so era? it's a whole... It's a holder fire. Well, so here's the, the thing is, I think they came originally out of a storage locker. And what I've what I've come up with in my head is the only thing that makes sense is it was the storage locker in Buffalo. That part is all I really know. And it was it contained uh, a ton of Rush shirts, Gallagher shirts, Whoa. the band UFO who sure. rules. Yeah. Um, and 
Oh, there was a couple other random ones in there that were like maybe I had two or three of, but mostly a ton of Gallagher shirts. <laughs> um, and the Rush shirt. So what I think is there was a merch person who had a storage locker in Buffalo. It's right over the Canadian border. So they would store, I assume they would store stuff there. And then when they would go on tour, they would drop off or pick up stuff from that storage locker. And at some point, the storage locker got sold and it ended up in a warehouse. And somebody I know bought that stuff from somebody they knew. And then somebody told me this guy has a bunch of shirts and sent me a couple pictures. And I was like, I will buy all of it. How do I do this? <laughs> and he happened to be driving to Philly and he met me and I gave him a bunch of money and that's the now I am stuck with it <laughs> also in the lot was like probably a hundred Boston Red Sox shirts from like the, the, the 80s I guess or the 70s Whoa. and they're really cool but what do I know about the Boston Red Sox yeah, like, right. I don't even know one I only know I, I, Josh Cantor is the only person I know who has anything to do <laughs> with the, the Boston Red Sox yeah but but the Rush shirts are Hold Your Fire era. But I also got a couple earlier ones that happened to be in there that um, are really cool, like Farewell to Kings oh, and Moving Pictures shirts, like baseball tees. But I am stuck with probably 100 Hold Your Fire shirts. <laughs> Matt, do you have any, but, uh, do you have any you off-site know. storage at this point? Like any like uh, like storage lockers like that at all that you employ? Oh wait, do do you me? yeah do you have any yeah? Oh sorry, I thought you said Mike. I was like, who's talking right now? Oh, <laughs> I um, was about to ask Mike if he liked Rush, but then he started asking you something, so then I stopped. <laughs> sorry, oh, that was confusing. Oh, oh. I forget if Mike sorry. likes Rush or not. Well, I'll tell um, you. I uh, well, Perry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I I am way well, more interested yeah. in talking to people about Rush. Like a hundred and ten times percent more interested in talking about Rush. Okay, here's the thing. I love Rush for the record. Yeah, great. I Same. I am not. A, okay, so when I first moved to Bloomington, uh, I met a motley crew of people that I did not previously know, and I ran around with them for a whole summer just because they were the people that lived in the dorm with me. There was this one very weird guy, who we called Crazy Chris, the King of Porn. <laughs> who lived in the dorm with us. And this guy, he freaked me out endlessly. But he was in this cloud of people that I was kind of hanging around with. Sure. He was this guy, he was like deadpan all the time. And we'd be like, you know, kind of like exploring the campus or whatever. And we'd be like, oh, I wonder what's behind that door over there. And he'd go, probably a bunch of severed heads or something. And we'd oh, that like, guy. Okay. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> that kind of thing. Okay. And then he would like be watching, you know, it was... For us, a lot of us, it was like the first time we had unfettered internet access. And uh, so he would be constantly playing like deranged pornography and be like, guys, come check out this insane thing I found. And we would be like, no way, Chris, you get out of here. Do You do your thing unless you want to get some ice cream later in which you can just meet us down the hall. Uh, and so he was the first person I ever met who was like, I love Rush. <laughs> okay. And he would, that's the only band he would ever talk about. And we were all interested in music, and I was playing in bands at the time. And so it was like, that was a big part of the conversation, but that's the only thing he would ever talk about. And so because of that, I've barely ever listened to Rush because I associate it so hard with that creepy, horrible guy. 
But I, I'm sure I it's don't great. blame you. Yeah, I'm sure it's great stuff. And that if I heard it in the right context, I would love it. But that's what has kept me at arm's length all these years. Sure. Yeah. That's amazing. And I, I know that that scenario is. I. I mean, I didn't live in a college dorm, but I went to all my friends' college dorms, and there was always that one person where like. How did this person get here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How are we stuck in a room with that one? <laughs> yeah, he. I mean, I don't want to get too graphic on the on the radio, but he would he would uh, be into like weird vampire porn and stuff. Uh, that was just <laughs> not, too not extreme. The, not, not like normal vampire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like the, the good the, stuff. <laughs> not the like classy. Not the classy stuff. Yeah. Like uh, that's like <laughs> just a step beyond Brad Pitt or whatever. But. Uh, like this is not for Atu. It wasn't even like <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it wasn't Eddie Murphy. It was not for yeah, Totally. Hey Perry. Oh my goodness. Yeah. We've talked about your hit new record. We talked about your T-shirts. Uh, you all. You mentioned you did the uh, artwork for your new album. Designed it. You're a oh, yeah. graphic designer as well for other folks. Uh, Recently, you've done work for big-time rock band The Black Keys, their new album artwork. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, that is correct. And you, so you, you've been doing uh, Easy Eye is the name of the label, right? That you've been working with yeah, as well? Easy Eye, yeah, Easy Eye Sound is the label that Dan from The Black Keys uh, started. Yeah. How'd you, uh, can you talk about how you got hooked up with him and, and uh, working on artwork with those guys? You've done some real cool stuff like those Link Ray reissues, all kinds of neat stuff. How'd that kind of come about? Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's that that's an amazing thing I can't believe happened. Um, so I used to tour with a lot of bands doing like merch or roadie, whatever you want to call it. And um, I'd go on tour with this band and then we'd be on tour with another band and they'd be like, hey, you come on tour with us too. And eventually I ended up on tour with this band, Jeff the Brotherhood from Nashville. Yeah, sure. And yeah, and I became really, really good friends with those guys. And they recorded a record with Dan in Nashville at his, at the time, I guess, new studio. And he was producing it and, and stuff. And, I, you know, I knew who the Black Keys were, but in my head it was like, oh, that's the guy from that band. Like, they have that song on Eastbound and Down that I like. And they're like a, a like a garage band that plays mid, mid, mid-sized venues. I thought, I don't know what I thought at the time. I, I clearly had no actual idea what the reality of it was. Cause, um, so they, they, I was doing the art for the Jeff the Brotherhood record. And they were like, I was in Nashville with them. We're about to leave for tour. I'm working on art at one of their houses and they say hey we're going to Dan's studio to listen to the final mix of the album do you want to come like you should come meet him and and check out the record all this stuff and I said no I'm going to stay back here and like, I'm going to work on the artwork um, but like have fun whatever <laughs> and so they went and they came back and they're like hey so Dan saw some of your artwork like he wants to get a hold of you and see if you could do some things for him and I was like yeah sure whatever. just tell him to like email me or something <laughs> and so he emailed me and he's like, oh, I want to come up with this logo for my studio. Here's the idea I have. And like, I knocked it out in like an hour and sent it to him. I was like, yeah, just pay, tell me here. And he sent it over. And I was like, oh, that was easy. I'll work with this guy anytime. <laughs> so we started doing some other little things. And then a bunch of time had passed. I didn't talk to him. No big deal. And then I want to say 
2011, he recorded a record for Bombino. If you're familiar with Bombino. Yeah, a little. I haven't listened to but I'm familiar, but I haven't really listened to that stuff, to be honest, too much. But yeah, yeah it's cool he, stuff. He, he's incredible. Yeah, he, his, his stuff is amazing. So Dan brought me in to do that, and that was coming out on None Such. And so I did the artwork for that, and then again, we didn't talk for a couple of years, and then I got a call that was like, or an email from his manager in 20, uh, it was November 2016. And it was like, hey, uh, are you busy lately? Dan has some things he, 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 you know, wants you to maybe do art for or something. Like, it was kind of vague. And then I was like, what is it? And he was like, oh, he's starting a new record label and he wants to do all the artwork for it. And I was like, oh, you caught me at a good time. I have nothing lined <laughs> up right now. The group got me before it got busy again. It was totally, you know, yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah, I'll drop everything for this. I mean, I didn't have to, luckily. But right. that was kind of it, though. So I do all the artwork for his, his record label. And there's already probably been, oh, you know, maybe... 15 things have been released maybe maybe not 15 but almost 15 probably at this point in the past uh really in the past two years so it's been crazy yeah so is that like all you're working on or are you doing other stuff on top of that as well Um, I i mean i guess how busy are you staying with just that stuff so just that is like really busy but because dan and i work so closely together now oh yeah so also sorry the other thing to to really tie it all together is that um, with the Black Keys, Pat, the drummer, his brother Mike has always done their artwork since the beginning. And so they were putting out their first record in five years. And so Mike started working on the cover and they called me in to help. I, I, I don't know. I think things just started coming together really quickly and they need, we need, there was deadlines and all this stuff. So Mike, if you've seen the artwork, um, Mike did the, the electric chair that's on the front. And then I came up with the logo. And I mean, literally came up with everything else besides the electric chair. So the back art and the, the layout and the color choices and everything was was all me. Mm. So it was an, kind of an honor to work with Mike with his art. And um, obviously to work on the Black Keys album is like a big deal because I'm the only other person yeah. who's ever done it besides Mike. So. At what point did it dawn on you that uh, they were a big deal? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you're setting me up because you've heard this story before. No, but I haven't. I, I told haven't. it. Up. Oh, that's great. It's really funny to me because it's so absurd. So, like I said before, I just thought there were some like garage band that played smallish venues, and I was at like a. Maybe it was a CVS or a thrift store or something. I still can't remember what it was. But I heard a song on the radio in this store, and I'm like, huh, I I think this is the Black Keys. And then I'm like, oh, I've heard this song. Yeah, this band is huge. <laughs> I just, it was just like, it took me hearing the song over a radio in like a very normal place yeah. <laughs> to realize like, oh, right, like, Everybody knows this. I'm actually the last person to find out about it. In my head, I'm like, no, they're underground. Like, you guys don't know about this thing. And it's like, oh, no, wait, I don't know about it. (laughs) (laughs) Even though I like the records, you know, it's just, whoops. So, yeah, I mean, but I guess that's good that I didn't know that going into it because 
the whole time my focus is like I got to make Dan happy and we both like all the same stuff so it's easy to work together and that's really what 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 matters most so. yeah I guess it's easier to stay relaxed when you don't have the pressure of uh the fame <laughs> yeah <your> yeah yeah <laughs> and now it's cool I like took my I took my dad uh, my mom lives in Florida now so I took her I, I flew to Florida took her to see them I took my dad and some of my relatives and friends to see them in Philly oh, and like meet the, meet the band and all that stuff it, you know it's nice yeah that's great how much are you how much are you traveling these days you said you mentioned being on tour with bands and then also you know getting t-shirts and going to see your mom and whatnot how often are you on the road uh lately i usually am just traveling to nashville to work with dan um every once in a while i'll fly out there and we'll just knock out a bunch of work at once um you know my other band is called hound and we used to tour at like probably only once a year for like a short enough period but enough to keep me traveling um but our drummer is in a million bands, and he's been on tour with those, so we haven't, you know, pretty much it's just for work lately. And I, my mom comes here a lot, so I don't have to go to Florida, lucky for me. Yeah. <laughs> I also, of- sorry, I hate the summer and the heat, so like going to Florida, aside from anything personal about Florida, it's just like a nightmare for yeah. me to be in the heat. Yeah. Speaking of Hound, speaking of us being in Bloomington, uh, I believe Let's Pretend yes. Records put out the tape version. The last, no, the last, the last LP, the last. Or the LP, uh, that's right. Yeah, the last one. Yeah, they oh, no did. Um, yeah, it, it's awesome. I love that label. Yeah, um, they do so much cool stuff. They've oh, been, yeah. you know, and I've been friendly um, with Pete for a little while now, but mostly. Um, the, the stuff he's been putting out for like the past 10 years yeah. even like early on I remember being like knowing about that label because of the, the bands they worked with and then eventually not even thinking it would make sense and he kind of showed interest to me that he'd be into doing something with us and then eventually it was like well we need somebody to put out this record so if you are interested now's the time and it worked out great he's a great dude and uh I'm very proud of that record. Cool. Yeah, that's great. Hey, we're... I hate to say it. Yes, Jared? We're running out of time with oh, you, Perry. no. I, to- I, I, wish, I, wish... I told you I talk too much. No, no, no. <laughs> not, not at all. Uh, we're just uh, we're just running out of time. Otherwise, I mean, I could, I could hear Do you talk all, all day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but before we hang up on you, um, your new record, um, the new video is out now. Um Where's the best place for folks to check out the Wildflowers of America, pre-order the record, and all that? So uh, the label is called Jack World, J-A-C World, and it's a, a subsidiary, I guess, of Crux of Memory, uh, which is the label that is kind of the big label out of that's putting it out. I, I don't know how they're not a big label. But, yeah, gotcha. Just bigger than yeah. They're, they're trying what is, to do what like does Perry know? Thing. They might be humongous. He doesn't even know yeah. how big the black. They yeah. play them at CVS. <laughs> Let me go to CVS real quick. Yeah, but so Amos that's how I find out about new music. I just go to CVS, get out my Shazam app, 
Yeah, we're playing the good so stuff I here. I think that's actually what happened. I, I pulled out my phone to find out what it was. But, um, <laughs> no, Amos, who recorded the record, he runs a recording studio that they have there, and he started a label, and he kind of wants to do a Motown thing where it's like certain recordings work better for, for one of the other labels that he does. And so, yeah, it's like all going to be under this umbrella of crutch crutch of memory cool and then everything else is just on my own social media perry shall is is gonna be the username on any of it so twitter instagram you can watch uh i think if you go to your twitter account you can at the top you can see a little video featuring your your t-shirts oh yeah right? on, on twitter the pinned tweet is uh it was super deluxe and now it is called catered I don't know what happened there. It's what? Apparently it was... I don't even need to repeat it. Tatered? <laughs> tatered? I, 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 tatered, like a potato, I guess. Yeah. I don't Ooh. know. I, I never got an alert. One day I went to find the website and I was like, this isn't the same thing anymore. You've been <laughs> And tatered. I knew that Super Deluxe closed down, but yeah. I, whoever... I don't know. I, and I think people who worked with Super Deluxe are also like upset because i yeah. think they ended up getting rid of a lot of content but yeah. somehow mine is still up there i don't know what i would do if it went away because i like love sending that to people who have no idea how serious i am about collecting <laughs> <laughs> and they're like oh you're crazy okay <laughs> <laughs> that i think that must be the thing because I, I was telling jared i knew who you were from a documentary about your t-shirt collection that was my introduction That's to you awesome. before i actually realized we had like mutual friends and whatnot but uh, yeah, that's so anyway, funny. I think and it's if, a great. If any thing. listeners have old T-shirts they want to send to you, oh, thank you. You yes. you will you'll are you accepting uh, donations or whatever for your archive for your? Yeah, please contact me um, at Perry Shaw on any social media thing. Do you have certain uh, so, parameters as far as like how uh, how old something needs to be to be yes. a part of your collection? So I, I had to put like my foot down at some point and st- tell people like I can't accept any new shirts. I have to be twenty years old or older. And even then, like I'm not, like twenty five. Even the nineties stuff, the nineties stuff is so popular right now that I'm like I don't even want it unless it's something really specific to me. Mm-hmm. But um, but mostly twenty years or older is what I'm interested in. I can leave it at that. I, I don't want to go into any... I, I'll go on forever. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> cool. Thanks a lot for talking well, to us, for talking. This has been, been great. Let's, uh, let's talk again sometime. Yeah, please. I'm honored. Thank you for having me. All right. So... Have a good night. You too. Oh. Oh, I was just going to say, remind people, Perry Shaw on, on social media, new album, Wildflowers of America, comes out December 6th, 6th baby. Oh, it's called... Lost in the Salvation Army is the name of the title. That's right. All right. Thanks, Barry. Thank you. Have a good good night. night. Bye-bye. You too. Well, how delightful. All right. Perry Show. What a nice guy. Not bad at all. Well, what do you think, Jared? Well, I think... What's it time for? It's time You made Perry go, so there better be something good coming up. Uh, Let's play a song by Link Ray from a... Uh, an old Link Ray song that was never released until recently, I believe, wow. when Perry did the uh, album cover for it. Great. Hit me. This is, you've heard his big hit, Rumble. Of course. This is Son of Rumble by Link Ray on Unspoken Request with Jared and Mike. 
that transition, Mike? You've done that twice to me tonight, and I hate it. <laughs> That's why I keep it's doing so it on purpose. jarring, and everyone's going to... People are going to shut off the show because of you. Mike, <laughs> I'm just playing. No one's listening. It's 2.30 a.m. all over the world right now. <sighs> Sunday night, 2.30. Yeah, it feels good. People in the pretzel factory making those pretzels. That's we right. we see you out there. Twisting them up. Hey, good news, Mike. Oh, I love good news. Remember two episodes ago? No, one episode ago. Uh-huh. Two weeks ago, last episode. I remember that. When I was like, we need more correspondence. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. We have a crime correspondent. Yes, we do. We need a big time New York City correspondent. Tell us what's going on in the East Coast. I'd love to know what's going on out there. It always seems like all the best stuff's happening out in New York City. Paste picante sauce. What else? I don't know. That's why we need this correspondent. I think you're right. So. Yeah? Let's call them up and see if they're ready to correspond with us. <laughs> okay. Perfect. <laughs> Dialing now. Let's make sure the bed music's not too loud oh, for wait, him. Sorry. Is it ringing? Try it now. Yeah, there it goes. Hello. Hello. Is this, is this Izzy Jarvis? <laughs> This is she. Hi, welcome to Unspoken Requests with Jared and Mike. You are on the oh air with gosh. us right now. <laughs> we were just talking about how we need a New York City We need a crash course is correspondent to let us know what's going on on the East Coast. And okay. so we appreciate you calling in. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I have a question for you. Does it also get dark there at 2 p.m. like it does here? Oh my gosh, it's horrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you got the worst of it. it we we at no, least no. get till about four thirty. That's an exaggeration, but that's what it feels like. It feels oh, like yeah. the yeah. when I wake up. Yeah, it's like living in Alaska. <laughs> yeah, no sunshine. Iceland. <laughs> uh huh. Izzy, how's your how's your day been out there? What 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 goes on in New York City <laughs> on a Monday? Um, I'm kind of exhausted. I work today, and um, I work for a jeweler, so every day my work is a little bit different. But I have to run errands in, like in the city all the time, so I feel like I'm an extreme New Yorker because I always have to be in Midtown and like fend for myself on the streets. And like, I- I've become really annoyed with the way people walk. Oh, sure. Which mm-hmm. is which is not something I've ever experienced before. <laughs> is it Tiffany? Is that who you work for? I don't work for <laughs> Tiffany, an associate of Tiffany's. Okay, great. <laughs> That's the only New York jeweler I can name. <laughs> no, she's much smaller. Um, oh, okay. Not of that caliber. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get you, though, about the walking thing. Uh, you're just trying to get somewhere. I So my problem is, is I'm, a, I'm a tall guy, and I have a long stride just, mm-hmm. you know, na- naturally. Mother Nature gave yeah. it to me. And there's yeah. always people right in my way who have... Uh, they go too slow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I was born with this weird chip on my shoulder where I'm, like, ready to get in a fight with anyone at all times. <laughs> okay. <laughs> which is very much the New York attitude, so I feel like I fit in pretty well. But I am I feel like I'm I'm surprised I haven't gotten, like, decked for the way that I um, aggressively am frustrated <laughs> with the way people are in the city. <laughs> I almost got in a fight the other day because I asked someone to use headphones on this, like, long train ride to Hudson Valley. Oh, yeah. And, um, Were they yeah, doing like almost, a FaceTime call, or was it just a, an audio book or something? Well, he got on the train listening to like Michael Jackson so loud. Okay. But then, um, and then he like 
turned it off once Will started going on the train. I was like, okay, maybe he's got to stop. And then once the train left the station, full volume, he was playing a basketball game. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, 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 I need to be more aggressive. I, I was at a show last night. Is that last night? No, two nights ago. Saturday. No, it was. What is today? Today's Monday. Two Today's Monday. <laughs> two nights ago. Oh, dear. When it's dark all the time, you yeah, you lose track of what day yeah. it is. I was at a show, and I came close to telling someone to turn off his phone because he had we went uh, I was just telling Mike I saw King Diamond on Saturday night in Louisville and the guy in oh, front cool. of us was sitting down everyone else is standing up he's sitting down with his brightness on his phone all the way up <laughs> looking at Wikipedia articles about King Diamond re- <laughs> records but it's so bright like it's in my peripheral peripheral what's that word Mike peripheral peripheral vision peripheral. <laughs> thank you do you uh, think he just didn't so, want to, like, I don't want to forget this. I'm, I know I'm at this King Diamond show right now, no, but I want to remember to look up his discography no, no, no. later. He was just, like, <laughs> casually doing it, just like he was bored, just, like, slowly, like, oh, now I'll go to this side. And then I I need to be more aggressive because instead of, like, being like, hey, could you lower your brightness, I put my hand in front of my face <laughs> to block it out from my line of sight. You know what I mean? So You I, need to slap yeah. it out of his hand is what you need to do. Well, then I was like, instead of... Uh, asking him to turn down his brightness i'm gonna film him doing this because what he started doing next was very brightly uh um uh, addition uh, problems on his calculator on his phone oh my god during this loud <laughs> king diamond concert king diamond's up there like <laughs> you know and he's doing math problems it was like twenty-seven thousand plus 1995 and i was like well i'm just gonna film him doing this but then he went back to the abigail wikipedia page <laughs> I need to get out to New York and find out to be more aggressive. You do. You need to. You, you know what? People talk really loud in the theaters, too. It's like I have my own commentary track around me at all times anytime I see a movie. In the theater. You know, in I the s- theater. I saw a movie in Miami one time, and that was the deal. I, I ended up. I didn't like the movie, so I was kind of glad that it happened, but I couldn't yeah. believe how rowdy the crowd was. Uh, I feel like what you're asking me about New York is like, since I'm such a country mouse, I'm just telling you about <laughs> cities, you know, like, I don't know if this is specific to New York or yeah. just like, wow, I'm not in, I'm not a country yeah. bumpkin anymore. Like well, I'm around people for the first time. Yeah. So, well, so we're corn fed rubes, you know, <laughs> you grew up here in, you grew up here in Bloomington. Is that right? Yeah. I grew up in the country, like off like the old highway. Okay, cool. And how long have you been in New York? Like three months. Three months. <laughs> it's very new. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, are you experiencing any culture shock at all beyond uh, realizing how aggro you are on the sidewalk? <laughs> um, culture shock? Not necessarily. I mean, I feel like I'm dazzled by literally everything that happens here. Like even food delivery like blows my mind here. People get everything delivered. Delivered? Everything is delivered, which like I feel like when in, when I was living in Bloomington, I felt like ashamed for ordering delivery. I was like, oh, I'm such yeah, a slob. Like totally. I can't just walk to go to the pizza place. But here people get like their groceries delivered, and what about it's like, like, like nothing? Like donuts? Can you get donuts delivered? Absolutely. You get oh donuts my gosh! Delivered. What's the uh, what's the idea? Is it efficiency so they don't have to run around, or why is everyone having everything delivered? I just feel like. People get used to what it's like being in New York so much they forget what regular people do throughout the country. Like everything is so convenient here. Yeah. And anything that isn't slightly, you know, convenient is like a huge issue like in their daily lives. It's like stressful when things aren't a little bit convenient. Yeah. I like that idea. <laughs> but whole city full of babies <laughs> who just can't get it together. Yeah. <laughs> 
What I'm you... also living in a, an apartment for the first time. Oh yeah, how's that feel? It's great because I've always lived in squalor, so <laughs> it's really nice. <laughs> I was thinking about it because the last place I lived in was an attic, and before that, I've just lived in like basements. Yeah. And when I was in Denver, I was living in um, a warehouse that used to be owned by a clown. So. Clown. <laughs> a lot of, yeah. Like an actual clown or like a guy who's just a clown? No, there's this like hobo clown in Denver who was very popular in like, I don't know, the 50s or something. Oh. But his name was Blinky oh and he gosh. owned the house that I ended up living in at one point and he ran like an antique store. Wow. Blinky. And yeah, and the house was definitely haunted. What well, with what? Um, there's Ghosts? this one room in our house. <laughs> Where everyone would have like night terrors if they stayed in there. Whoa. There was just some bad energy. Yeah. But that's the great thing about apartments is like they're usually not haunted. Yeah, that's true. They're cleansed frequently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are you uh, in your own apartment or do you share it with roommates? My boyfriend and I have um, an okay. apartment cool. in Greenpoint, if you know anything about Brooklyn. Oh, sure. Brooklyn. I've heard of this place. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Polish neighborhood of Brooklyn. Yeah. It's next to a really stinky creek, which I think is why it's still affordable. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the smell. Uh, yeah. The inconvenient smell. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but you said you're in Midtown most of the time, running around. Yeah, running errands for my boss and yeah. doing jewelry stuff. There are whole districts for things, which is also mind-blowing I to like me. that. Yeah, like that's like cool. a jewelry district? Yeah, there's an entire area of Midtown that's only jewelry stores. There's literally nothing Whoa. else there. You know, Izzy, I don't know if you know this since you left, but we have a chicken district now. It's true. Do you know about what? that? Yeah. No. So on the east side, you have um, Kentucky Fried Chicken. You familiar? Right. Remember where that is? Yes. Across yes. the street has uh, moved in Joella's Hot Chicken. I've never even heard of that. Yeah. It's, it's new. And next to that is Chick-fil-A. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, is uh, Taco Bell still there? Taco Bell is still there. Have um, they added chicken to their menu to stay <laughs> relevant? They sh- yeah. they should. I mean, yeah, McDonald's <laughs> is there. They have chicken. But yeah. yeah, Taco Bell should. They, well, there's they also the, a Chick-fil-A they, they in the mall behind all that stuff. Oh, there's that's true. Chick-fil-A. There's a Chick-fil-A next to the Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Taco it's Bell. hilarious to me that in Indiana, the only district is a chicken district. <laughs> yeah. A couple people have put up rogue uh, chicken district signs on the like uh, chain link fence that's by, uh, by, uh, by Joella's. That is so amazing. Wait, really? Once at Chicken Corner. No. Yes, they were taken down or, or fell out in the rain. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I kind of want to put up a new one. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, anyway, we have a chicken district, but no jewelry, jewelry <laughs> district. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, if you decide you want to go buy, like, fabric or something, there's an, an entire area of the city devoted to it. And, like, there's a floral district. I don't know. I'm sure there's, like, a audio engineering district. I don't know what you guys would want to go <laughs> Yeah, what the hell would we check out? Uh, I have a friend who, who grew up in Chinatown. She's from there, and when I one time I was in the city doing something I forget what, probably just going to a show, and we had to go pick her up from work, and she worked for a fashion designer who had a mm-hmm. storefront in this like high end fashion district that was yeah. very like it felt otherworldly to me, just like the shop that had like four items in it, but somehow <laughs> that is it every stayed store open. In New York. Yeah, it was so There's strange. There's so many storefronts you walk by and you're like, I have no idea what they're selling. Is this a yoga studio? <laughs> is this a coffee shop? Is this yeah. a plant store? Are they selling like very specific tiny items I can't see? I guess everyone's getting everything delivered, so you don't have to actually have anything in the storefront. 
That's Wonder, true. Is there like a like a like a hologram district? Like those little paperweights that are like holograms, stuff like that. Oh sure, that'd be a fun. That would probably be in, in near Canal Street in the okay. Chinatown area because there's a lot of manufacturing over there. Okay. And it's a very cool place to just like find odd knickknacks that you never knew you needed until you're in that district. And you're like, well, I need this lamp. Yeah, a knickknack <laughs> district. That's that's, that's, <laughs> that's where, where Jared go. needs to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Are you uh, taking the train into Midtown? How are you traveling all over? Oh, th- yeah. Um, public transportation is so cool. I, oh, <laughs> I actually, I, so I took my wife to New York for the first time like a year and a half ago. She had never been, and I've been just like on tour lots of times. And so I was kind of, I was like the tour guide, even though I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, yeah. But that was the most amazing thing uh, was just like how easy it is to get around and like it's so efficient there and reliable. Yeah, I've always lived in driving cities, and I just moved here from Denver, Colorado, and that's absolutely a driving city. It's like traffic 24-7. But here, it's great. I'm reading so much. Like, I've never (laughs) read so many books in my life. Because everywhere you go, it's it's like a 40-minute ride there, whether it's by bus or train. So it's a great... I've been really into Stephen King novels and just, like, blazing through them because I have to kill time on the subway. You got to start listening to the audiobook version as loud as you can on the train. <laughs> yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Then everyone's entertained. <laughs> I've never read a Stephen King book. Neither have I. They're great. I need to I need to read one. I was I was thinking about reading Carrie. Have oh, you? I just bought Carrie. Oh. It's next on my list. I'm reading Salem's Lot right now and next I'm going to read Carrie. My buddy They're Owen. They're not scary. I've been told I'm a Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> You're a Carrie. <laughs> Speaking of New York, yeah, uh, I, my buddy Owen just sent me an audiobook version of the one about uh, John Kennedy's assassination. What's the name of that one? It's Eleven, like a date. Yeah, eleven. Yeah, four. Eleven ten seventy. <laughs> yeah, there you so, go. Whatever it is. Yeah, no, that's yeah. the Warren. Didn't James Franco star in like a birthday. remake of that? Yes. <laughs> or oh, is uh, that right? I don't well, know. Well, he, yeah, he's in the. Uh, it's like a Netflix TV show or something. Oh, I had like no that. idea. Yeah. Oh. He goes. It's a. You said it's a time travel joint, right? He no. Was, well, I don't know. I haven't listened to it yet. I think it is time travel because um, oh. Stephen King. Well, you guys just blew like it fantasy. for me. So <laughs> I watched the first episode of this. James Franco. This is before he got canceled. He's still on TV. Uh-huh. He is going into a diner and he time travels in the refrigerator or something, <laughs> and he goes back and he like stops Kennedy from being assassinated. Maybe yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I didn't. I didn't go. For, I didn't go past the first episode. So. <laughs> I can't wait to dive into my Stephen King <laughs> time travel fantasy. Yeah. Uh, Izzy, uh, so besides your jewelry, jewelry work, uh, what else are you doing out there? You do your own art and printing and... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I, I have a little press that I started last year and I've published two books and I have a few more in the works. I'm trying to get Sarah to write something that I really want to publish. Oh, cool. Our uh, crime correspondent, Sarah. Your crime Sarah correspondent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were just saying we need, uh, you know, we have our crime correspondent. You can, what, what do you want your official title to be? Our our our, uh, e- our, our New York City correspondent? Our, sure. Our, uh, that, that, that works. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to have you just represent the whole city. <laughs> oh, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> You've been there long enough by now. <laughs> you got it figured out. We just think it takes so long for, like, trends and ideas and things yeah. to get out to Bloomington. If we don't have a direct, we only just now have a chicken district. Exactly. 
It's taking all this time. Um, I feel like I was trying to think of trends, like things that are very New York, but I think because of the internet, they've yeah. Yeah. really traveled easily. I'm like, you know, coffee's a thing here. It's like, yeah, you've got coffee in Bloomington, too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Everywhere they're drinking you, coffee. You went to New York and discovered coffee. Yeah, just, <laughs> just, 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 uh, just last year they started putting designs into lattes here. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. All we have is the heart, though, so far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, there's all this bagel culture. Like, I didn't know you weren't supposed to um, toast a bagel. Oh, yeah. Really? The bagel thing out yeah. there is a big deal. It's the water, they the say. The water. Yeah. They say. <laughs> I was just about to say. I've heard they're, like, boiled the... fresh in the morning or something, yeah. and you're not supposed to, like, I don't know, contaminate its artisanal aspects or something. Hmm. But this I is... always get them toasted. At uh, Russ and Daughters? Is that where you get the bagels? I go to Bagel Smiths. Oh, okay. Nice. Oh, and there's vegan cream cheese everywhere. Whoa. It's so cool. Every bagel shop has, like, tofu cream cheese. Whoa, yeah. You got, yeah Being you vegan gotta, is very easy here. You got to order that <laughs> stuff on the internet when you're over here in the corn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even, like, the bodegas, which um, that's a New York word for convenience store, <laughs> sure, if you weren't familiar you. already. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Even the bodegas, like, have, like, vegan A's and, like, Fake, ch- fake chicken and fake cheese. It's really bizarre. But it's like three times the price of what you'd pay right. anywhere else. Is that, is that what you find uh, in general? Are things just expensive there for you? Or are you able to... Uh, uh, sticker shock, I guess, is what I'm asking about coming from here to there. Oh, it's very expensive. I mean, I... I had a stepping stone from Indiana because I went to Denver where things uh, were sure. also mm-hmm. very expensive. Yeah. But... But you I had the know, weed out there to take the edge off. <laughs> That's true. Weed was very, very um, accessible out there. <laughs> <laughs> where, where is weed? I, I'm not up in my weed legalization stuff. Uh-huh. Is, there, is weed legal in Indiana? No, there's about to be some legislation going forward to make it possibly legal everywhere, like any minute. I saw in the news they're opening a dispensary in South Bend. Oh, I don't know. What? That's Indiana. Mayor Pete's doing that one. That was on the Kentucky <laughs> news when I was in Kentucky. So maybe maybe it's not true. But that's yeah. what they when I was when I was home recently, um, on the drive home from the airport I saw like a gun shop next to a CBD dispensary <laughs> in Martinsville. <laughs> There's definitely a brand new C B D shop caddy corner from my house right now. Yeah, yeah, there's CBD everywhere. I don't know if it does anything. Yeah, me either. I don't actually <laughs> believe it. I'm okay. Well, I'll save this. Yes, Mike. Uh, I'm gonna be in a CBD commercial tomorrow, and I don't know if I actually believe in CBD. Wait, what? A CBD commercial? <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll sell anything. I will. I'll shill for anything at all. Uh, you didn't tell me about this CBD commercial. Well, you just got here. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Anyway, I was in a beer commercial maybe I'll recently. Really? What beer? Yeah. Can you say? It was like a independent brewers association is what it's called in Denver. Yeah. I had to I had to pretend to play guitar for like two hours and they cut me a really oh big check God. for it. It was so ridiculous. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't drink at the time, so like I didn't drink at all on set yeah. or like benefit from any of the perks besides getting paid for it. But it was a very weird uh, moment in my life. I don't know if I'll ever like star in a yeah. commercial again were you like the focal point of the commercial i was like they called me a featured performer wow. in my contract and there was like five people who were like the focus of this commercial it was like we're not regular beer we cater to <laughs> artists and freaks <laughs> you know 
Hey, can you so, tell us? Uh, I feel like we've really derailed ourselves. Can you tell us more about what you're publishing and where people can find it? Oh, sure. Um, the first book I published is um, a comic book printed all by me and bound by me by this artist, Corey Fader, who lives in South Korea. And then the last book I did is a book of poetry that I designed for a New York poet. And I'm actually doing a book for Bethy Squires, oh, a great. hometown hero soon. She yeah. wrote like a gay sci-fi novel, which is really cool. cool. <laughs> Um, I don't remember if Bethy's been on this show, but we've been on her show. She's been on this show. She's been on this show. Yes, yeah. Mike. I just couldn't remember how we did that. Oh, oh, we did a we did a, a double recording session. Yeah, where okay. we did each other's yeah, shows. That's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Friend I love of, how friend many of the show. Bloomington podcasts there are. <laughs> <laughs> Does New York have podcasts? That's the question. <laughs> oh, sure, I'm sure they do. That's, a, that's the only way to find them. out what's going on with your friends is to listen to their podcast. Yeah, there's too many podcasts. So, but, the know. only way I get news now is through Twitter. Oh, me too. Totally. Yeah. That's all I use. I had someone the other day. Who was I talking to? Some old guy who was telling me. Oh, I was at the blockhouse, and there was just an old man there uh, <laughs> who had come from Los Angeles, and he was telling me that he gave up on the mainstream media, so now he doesn't know where to get his news. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I told I'd him like Twitter. to give up on the mainstream media. Yeah. It gave up on me a long time ago. You know what I mean? I think I get my news from Instagram stories. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. I feel like if something's really important, I'll find out about it there. Yeah. I always have to decode what I see on Twitter. Like, people will be talking about a piece of news and alluding to it, and I'll see enough things pointing to the same news story, and I'll have to figure out what the heck everyone's talking about. So yeah, it's so fun. It's like a puzzle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I feel like a real detective every morning when I'm like, what's happening in the world? What's everyone talking about? Everyone who's in New York, they've had the sun up already for two hours before my sun comes up. <laughs> yeah. News, man. <laughs> it just keeps happening. <laughs> yeah, never stops. We're getting pretty tight on the end here, Jared. Oh, I don't know if you see that. We are. Izzy, we only have yeah. five minutes left in the show. Oh, just just uh, well a heads I can, up. It's I can a five minute you, warning. I, I can bid you adieu and say what's hot in New York is public transportation, <laughs> public apartments, transportation, apartments, delivery, and bagels. Delivery Wonderful. And bagels. So, okay, so bagels. <laughs> what are you, what flavor do they have all the they flavored got it all, bagels man. like they do they at the They got every kind of bagel you can imagine. Every, they literally have one called Everything Bagel. There's one called Zatar Bagel. Have you had that? No. What's that? I had never heard of it. I, it's like Mediterranean spices. Like, okay, do you know what Falafel, the oh. restaurant? Yeah. You know their yeah. fries? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, the bagel tastes like their fries. Whoa, I was just oh. there. So <laughs> Jess and I went, we played a show on Saturday. And before the show, we went to Falafel's for dinner. And as How we're is eating Falafel's? Them, it, it's, it's, it's my favorite restaurant in town. Well, I know, but and it's... it's, it's, it's <laughs> It, it has the fries and lows, are so you know? good. As we were eating it, I said, "These are the best fries in town." <laughs> I agree. Yeah, and she Be was like, "My my wife, Jess." She was like, "Yeah, I think you're right." She said, "Maybe uh, rush hour gives them a run for their money, but only in like the crispiness. Otherwise, falafels." I they think put Upland that stuff is on them. neck and neck. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, that's a good one. I have very strong fry opinions. Clearly, yeah, New York got nothing to say about it, but I got a lot <laughs> to say about fries. <laughs> So what? So okay. So so, uh, what do you get on a bagel? You get some uh, some locks. 
They got locks there? We don't have locks they here. They do have yet. locks. They do have locks. That's what is they locks? They have fake locks, too. Locks it's like and salmon. salmon. Yeah. yeah. What's the difference between locks and salmon? Is it just... That's a great question. I, I felt just... like... <laughs> I've always felt scared to ask that question. <laughs> well, Jared's not afraid of anything. He's yeah. asking the hard questions. I'm asking questions the hard questions. I'm afraid to tell the person in front of me at the King Diamond Show to, <laughs> to turn off his bright phone, but I'm not afraid to ask what the difference is between locks... You should locks. have asked asked him what the difference between locks and yeah, salmon was like, at the show. You're on the net anyway. Can you Google uh, <laughs> what's the difference <laughs> between locks and salmon? Um, so what? Let's say a bagel at the Bloomington Bagel Company costs. What do they cost? Eight dollars. A dollar eighty-five. How much would a New York bagel cost? A dollar eighty-five. Plain bagel. With I, no cream cheese. Right. Right. Or with cream cheese. Without. Without. I don't know. I've only got them with cream cheese. They're like three bucks. Okay. It's not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> my Bloomington, they got bagels figured out. My Bloomington bagel opinion is that they're too expensive here. Uh-oh. Oh, really? Yeah, and I they're not so. very good. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Well, you know, it's the water. <laughs> we have bad water. I thought the bagels were supposed to be chewy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought they were supposed to be like hard as a rock. <laughs> <laughs> A paper so I was weight. shocked yeah. when I had like a fresh bagel oh, from my neighbor. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, it's like kind of like bread." And my yeah. boyfriend was like, "Yeah, that's what a bagel is." Yeah. By the time they <laughs> ship them out to Indiana, yeah, they get all uh, stale. <laughs> now, what's the deal on pretzel bagels? Oh, I don't want. Oh, get out I haven't of here with had that one. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want pretzel anything. What? Are you serious? I'll eat a pretzel, but I don't want anything that's a pretzel that's not a pretzel. What about a pretzel bun? Get it out of here! I don't want it. I say a pretzel bun is superior to a non-pretzel bun. And I say that opinion is inferior to other opinions. Is he? Wait I think this. sesame seeds are amazing. And oh. so I'm going to choose a regular bun because I need my sesame seeds. I, Do you think you. sesame seeds on a pretzel bagel would be good? Instead of the salt? Because sometimes there's too much salt. Mm, okay, maybe we've invented a new thing. So yeah, a pretzel bun sesame pretzel. with sesame seeds. Uh-huh. That, that is a good idea, actually. All right, that can I be your that. official bagel of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> with with or without locks. Let's go pitch this to BBC tomorrow. <laughs> That's great. What time are they open? I don't know. Early. Um, speaking of Bethy Squires, she was a bagel bagel maker there, right? Is that right? I don't know. I what? have no. I don't. I think her. No, no, no. Maybe I'm thinking, thinking of Colin. Yeah, Colin was friend of the show, Colin, who was also on our yeah. show. Yeah. So uh, apologies to both of them. <laughs> Jared, we gotta go. Why? Because we're out of time. Yeah. Okay. Well, Izzy, thanks for joining us. Yeah, of course. Um, have a great night, guys. What yeah. are you doing for New Year's? I'm trying to figure out what's going on in Bloomington for New Year's. You uh, know, typically Jess and I have a party. Like that's just kind of a standing party. We haven't talked about it, but I'm sure we will if you want to come over. Wait. A oh, standing cool! Party. I would love that. When you say standing party, I can't party. sit down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's the whole deal. It's like the first. It's, per- like, it's like a dance chairs. marathon. The people who sit down have to leave. And then it's whoever's left standing, like at the that end movie of the night. Uh, with Jane Fonda. Yes. <laughs> uh, they shoot. They shoot horses, don't they? Yeah, they do. I saw part of. No, it's the name of the movie. I know. Okay. Ugh. So yeah, Mike's having a party. There's probably <laughs> okay, something great. going on at the local the local bars. The awesome. Local, I was local. just gonna drink wine with my grandma, so I'm yeah. trying to figure out something more interesting to do. Yeah, party with us. It'll be uh, great. Bring, okay, your, great. bring your grandma. There's, a, I guess. <laughs> According to Mike, I will bring my grandma, and she's gonna be the life of the party. I'm telling you, she's so cool. The cool thing about Mike's house, Mike and Justice's house, is there's a CBD dispensary across the street. 
there's a Cloverleaf restaurant across the street. Don't tell everybody where I live, Jared. Everyone. There's two Cloverleafs in this town. I could be telling them that you live. <laughs> and the address them. is five two. <laughs> anyway, the other things across the street from Mike are a uh, liquor store. <laughs> You're gonna get every freaking town did, coming did, over here. You did this on the show the other day, and I yelled at you for telling your address. Well, now I'm. So it's too too late. Cat's out of the bag. Dang it. All right. Thanks again to our New York City correspondent, Izzy Jarvis. You can check out her books that she's printed and bound with her own two hands at the website www.print-fine.com. Print-fine.com. Yeah. Check it out there. Uh, Thanks again, Izzy. And we'll see you on New Year's Eve. (laughs) Okay. See you guys. Bye. Bye bye. Thank you. All right, Jared. That's it. We got to go. That's it. We'll see you next time on episode 50, 52 52 of Unspoken Request with Jared and Mike. Love you.